Bay's Tan Talk. Entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hi, this is Tim Del Toro. And I'm Lou Angel Wolf, and we are the Grease Gurus. Our show is broadcast every Saturday morning live at WTAN Tan Talk Radio 1340. That's 10 o'clock every Saturday morning for an automotive forum that is flavored with humor and insight. We encourage you to call in and be part of the Grease Gurus show. We'd love to have you, and we will certainly help you find your inner grease. This show is sponsored by Tim's Performance Service Center and beautiful Tarpon Springs at 906 Verona Place. And you can reach us personally at 727-543-1601. Aha. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. It is perhaps the most influential motorcycle movement the world has ever seen. Born in the streets of England in the 1950s, its culture still thrives around the globe. There will never be another motorcycle or rider quite like it. And yet, most of us have never heard of the Cafe Racer. The Cafe Racer is both man and machine. With its Spartan appearance and aggressive styling, the Cafe Racer is one of the most distinctive and revered motorcycles in the world. Their impact on the motorcycle industry includes legendary high-performance motorcycles like Triumph's Bonneville, Honda's CB750, and Kawasaki Z1. Without the original Cafe Racers tuning and designing their ordinary street bikes for power and handling, Manufacturers may never have designed the modern sport bike. The Cafe Racer movement was born in London in the 1950s, developing into a subculture that included a desire for speed, a love of rock and roll, and ultimately, an enduring love for a motorcycle that over the past several years is being revived worldwide. The human side of the Cafe Racer was a perfect match for this type of motorcycle. The riders of these machines were young, and they wanted to go fast. The goal of many of the cafe racers of the 50s was the ability to hit 100 miles an hour, better known as the ton. Author and journalist Mike Seat has been following the cafe racer for two decades. 
term cafe racer came from was actually a derisive term used to describe kids who hung out in cafes and raced fast. Um, they would hang out in transport cafes and wait till somebody else came by on a fast bike and challenge them for a race, and they'd all rush outside and, so you could get up the road the fastest. When they get back to the cafes, which are often occupied by long-distance truck drivers, the truck drivers would laugh and say, you're not a real racer, you're not very sheen, you're just a cafe racer. And the kids thought, well, you're dang right I'm a cafe racer. So they would race from the next cafe to the next one as fast as they could, and the name stuck, they embraced it, despite the fact that it was a derisive term. Tonight on Nostalgic Cars and Radios, it's... No, it's Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Oh, yeah, that's right. This is Arlen S. from Dublin, California, motorcycle builder and designer, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com. You can find out all about us, and don't forget to visit our podcast page, where we have all our past shows archived for you to listen to and enjoy. That's uh, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Good evening, Bobby. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Would you like to do the social media honors? Sure. We are on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, at Nostalgic Radio and Cars, at NRC on air, and Instagram is at Gulfstream Motorsports. That's right. Well, we had a fun-filled weekend, or actually a couple, two, three days, didn't we? On uh, Saturday, what we did is we went down to uh, Sebring, and uh, we kind of uh, hung out with the uh, Chin... Motorsports, or is it Chin, chin Track Days? Chin that, Track Days. Yep. Chin Track Days, yeah. Now, they, I'll tell you what's interesting about that. It actually started probably oh, maybe 15 years ago. And um, to kind of back up the story a little bit, back in the 70s, I started autocrossing. And once I started autocrossing a little bit, you know, I was bitten by the bug. And that's basically where you do, like, parking lot races where they set up pylons and you race basically against the clock. And uh, so it's a little swervy, curvy thing. And if you got an automatic car, you're okay. If you got a stick shift car... Generally, um, it's a little bit more difficult because you might have to upship, downship, but only in first and second gear, depending on the car, of course, and uh, and the and the course. But then what happens is a lot of car clubs, like I started club racing with the Shelby Club because I was a member with them, and then later with the Porsche Club. And so then we took full advantage of race courses. For example, we might have used Lakeland International Raceway. We might have used Daytona. We might have used Road Atlanta. We might have used uh, Sebring. And so one of the first racetracks that I actually kind of buzzed around on uh, with the Porsche Club, actually, was uh, Sebring, one of the first roadway courses that I ever participated on. And what it really wasn't a roadway course was uh, Lakeland International Raceway. And I think it's got a different name now, but back in the day, they had an oval and they had a drag strip. So what you would do is you would race down the street, or race down the street, race down the strip straight, and then you had to come back on the return lane, and they had, like, piling set up, so it would slow you down a little bit, and then you run through the traps, and then you'd hit the oval, and they had a couple chicanes in there so that you would not necessarily... Um, Go too fast, so you would keep the car under control, so to speak. At any rate, that was a lot of fun. So uh, Chin Motorsports basically is a organization that was started back in the day, and it's like club racing. And it started out just with a couple of guys down at Sebring, but now they do tracks all over the country. They do VRI. I think they go to Road Atlanta. I think they go up to Watkins Glen. So if you get a chance, Google uh, Chin Track Days. It's a lot of fun, and we're going to be talking with some of those people here in the near future. Now, we have a guest calling in, and the guest is... A fellow radio show host, I'm delighted to welcome to the show this afternoon, the infamous and alias Tim Del Toro. Tim, how are you? Hey, good evening, sir. How's it going? Oh, I'm just jaw-jacking as usual. You know, that's what we do here. We yeah. jaw-jack and yak. Yeah, so uh, 
I, I guess uh, you're going to pinch hit for me on Saturdays on the Grease Gurus because I'm going to run away from home for a couple of days. So I uh, appreciate that. Certainly. And I, I know you'll do a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate the so opportunity. Anyway, so, so you're going to let your wife take you out and road trip you? Is that what you're going to do? Is that what I, is that how I read between the lines? Yeah, we're going to back the bus out and, and go to a campground for a couple of days and just see how the other people live that don't work every day. Oh, okay. Well, you 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 two certainly deserve it, and hopefully you'll have a fun fun weekend, and we'll certainly keep you in mind. And uh, do you want to reveal what the topic's going to be? Because uh, right now I'm uh, kind of like uh, up in the air. I. I am planning that. I'm looking at how all the planets are lining up and everything, and I'll give you a topic that'll be like, just like you slipping down a slippery slope of razor blades and banisters. Ooh, ooh, ooh. At the end, you, you get up and go, wow, can I do that again? <laughs> so, anyway, I just wanted to call in and uh, tell everybody that uh, you're doing a great job. You sound great, and you sound like you know what you're talking about, so I guess... Uh, the only thing we can do is just sit back and relax and let you do your thing, Robert. So uh, That's enjoy right. your show, and uh, you know we'll we'll listen to how you do my show on Saturday. And you never know; you might do a better job than me, and uh, the public might demand that you return occasionally. Whoa, yeah. Well, I could just uh, even if I help co-host once in a while, I'd be happy to. So uh, all right, Tim. Let's, thank you very let's much. See what happens. Yeah, uh, Tim, thank you very much for calling in. And, yes, I will be uh, guest hosting the Grease Gurus this weekend. That can be heard every Saturday morning between 10 and 11 a.m. right here on the Tan Talk Radio Network. And we're going to be talking about cars. You betcha. And Tim Tim, betcha. Tim has Tim's performance up there in uh, Tarpon Springs. And uh, I'm happy to say that, uh, Tim, I like you. I think you do a great job. And uh you helped me out with my my mighty excursion, and uh, hopefully we'll get that thing on the road, and we'll be able to tear up some uh, tear up some dirt here in the future. All right, I'm going to let you go, but thank you so much, and have a great show. And uh, just uh, it's my birthday today, so you have, might not have been aware whoa. of that, but I'm a little bit older than when I talked to you uh, yesterday. So uh, by the grace of God, we we made another year. So anyway. Uh, have a great show, Robert, and I'll talk to you soon as soon as I figure out what you're going to be talking about on Saturday on the Grease Cure. So thank you. All right, Tim. Well, happy birthday to you. All right. Bye-bye. See you, guys. Okay. And then we, then we have Alan. We got Alan. Alan, you're calling hey. in. Yeah, hey, Robert. Yeah, you know what? Um, I was over at Robert's house like a couple weeks ago because, you know, Robert likes to talk. He just battles on endlessly on the radio. The refri- he opened the refrigerator, the light came on, he did 20 minutes. Arr, har. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, I went down and checked out that mirror today. Okay, yeah, with, we have no AC with the gray interior. Well, yeah, it was kind of interesting with the uh, the, uh, the plexiglass slats on the back. And uh, yeah. the car, they say that it's uh, an original car. It looks like it might have had one paint job at one point in time. The paint is checking really, really, really bad, but... So yeah. my guess is it was painted somewhere down the road. But uh, next week, guys, tune in to Nostalgic Radio Cars because we're going to do a live show. And Alan will probably be on the show. Tim will be on the show. we got some surprise guests coming on because next week is our seven-year anniversary show. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Seems like, wow, to a dog, that's like half a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alan, I'll, okay. let, I'll let you go. All right. Okay, then I'll let you go. So right. remember... You know what to do to keep Robert quiet, you unscrew the light bulb in the refrigerator. See you later. Bye. <laughs>
Okay, so uh, what's coming up? Upcoming events real quick here. We've got the uh, Riding in the History. We'll be talking about that a little bit later here. That's the big motorcycle event up at the... Uh, is it World of Golf, Bobby? That where it is up there in San Augustine? It. Okay. Big shout-out to, obviously, Tim Performance. Big shout-out to my good friends down there at Tri-City Bolt and Screw. Whenever I need some uh, fasteners, that's exactly where I go. They're down there in Pinellas Park. Let's see. What else? Oh, yeah. Dime City Cycles. Big shout-out to those guys. This Saturday, starting at 7 o'clock to 10 p.m., or 10 a.m., Audi of Clearwater is having a Cars and Coffee. So uh, we will be there with Miss Moneypenny. That's Cars and Coffee this Saturday between 7 and eight p- seven and 10 p.m. 7 p.m. 7 and 10 a.m. in the morning. Audi of Clearwater right there on Gulf de Bay. Not Gulf de Bay. What am I saying? Well, I'm losing my mind. That's on, uh, on uh, 19. Hey, we got a little uh, Dio coming on here. I Drive at Night. Is that what this song That's is? That's it. That's it. Hey, you're tuning into the Celtic Getting Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with a special guest. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt. At the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Car sent you. Hi, this is Tim Del Toro. And I'm Lou Angel Wolf, and we are the Grease Gurus. Our show is broadcast every Saturday morning live at WTAN Tan Talk Radio 1340. That's 10 o'clock every Saturday morning for an automotive forum that is flavored with humor and insight. We encourage you to call in and be part of the Grease Gurus show. We'd love to have you, and we will certainly help you find your inner grease. This show is sponsored by Tim's Performance Service Center in beautiful Tarpon Springs at 906 Verona Place, and you can reach us personally at 727-543-1601. Aha. 
you may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Hi, I'm Dennis Cage from My Classic Car, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back. Yes, you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Now, I, I stand corrected. It was I speed at night, not I drive at night, right? That was by uh, uh, Big Dio. difference, yeah. yeah. Was it Run James Dio? Dio, I think. Dio, the, yeah. Actually, he was the lead singer for a number of bands. He was, I think, with Black Sabbath for a while, and uh, his own band, and uh, got a, yeah. a number of them. Anyway, speeding, hey, speaking speeding of, at night because we all drive at night, but only some of us speed, speed at, at night. night. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So what did we do this weekend? All right. So we went down to Chin Motorsports and hung out there at Seabring for a while. And uh, big shout out to Scotty File. He was down there. Charlie Mendez was down there. Let's see who else was down there. Oh yeah, we met the guys from um, Miami. They actually were. Now here's the thing about this deal with Chin Motorsports. A lot of guys will go down there and no club race. Okay. So basically, what's really fun about this is you get the use of the whole track. They have three classes. You got novice, you got intermediate, and then you got uh, advanced. Okay, so if you're a novice, what they do typically is they send you out with a driver or an instructor, and what the instructor does is basically kind of coach you as you go around the track. When you get a little bit better, they put you in an intermediate class. You get to go solo and advance. Obviously, you're solo, and uh, you're driving at a faster speed. So it's a lot of fun. But what's really cool is sometimes guys with real race cars, bonafide race cars, will show up in there, and they're doing real live testing tunes. So, and they're setting up for a race, which might be, you know, some sort of an IMSA race, a GT race, or something like that. It might even be a NASCAR. You never know what will show up there. So, check out uh, Chin Tractors. So, we got a guest on the line? Okay. Hey, I mentioned earlier that uh, Riding in the History is uh, going to be taking place here the 20th of this month. And that is a spectacular event if you're really a motorcycle enthusiast. And I'm delighted to welcome the show this evening, Herb Narciso. Did I pronounce that right, Herm? And, you did. Uh, you got it just about right. Just about right. Okay. And he's with uh, Dime City Cycles. That's his company. And uh, he specializes in aftermarket motorcycle parts, building primarily cafe racers. Did, did I get that part right? Uh, yeah, you got that part right. So so Dime City Cycles, we're, uh, we're, we're pretty much we're a global DIY and garage builder parts and accessory suppliers. And we did start the business um, by accident building cafe racers. And, and we've since grown from there. Um, we now cater to just about any genre of your garage builder, motorcycle, if you will. Super. Now, give us a little background on yourself a little bit, because you're really a, and I've been to your shop, and it's right here in Largo, Florida. You've got some amazing bikes. You do some incredible work. Uh, you're, you're, your bikes are show quality. So t- give us a little bit of background on how you got involved in, uh, in, in motorcycles and that style of motorcycle. Um, so like I said, so the business was actually created accidentally, but I am a motorcycle enthusiast, have been since I was a kid, um, like many of us. Um, you know, once we get on two wheels, it's kind of hard to get off. Um, you know, so, so I've had bikes all my life and uh, never really um, built motorcycles from the ground up uh, until about, I guess, about 10 years or so ago uh, when I came across the cafe racer genre. Um, this, again, was, was one of those things just, just you know, kind of fell on my lap and you know, I was in- intrigued and interested in, in the whole thing, and uh, I ended up we found a, a 1972 CB450 out in Orlando that was pretty much in, in pieces and, and in boxes. Um, decided to take that home and, and see what I can do with it. 
And uh, this is how this began. So I, I, I built a, that motorcycle from the ground up, um, got very intimate with just about every nut and bolt on that thing, um, took it on the circuit, won a couple shows. Um, and from there, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> the whole parts thing kind of just just came to be. So, you know, at that time when I was building that bike, um, the hardest thing I think building the motorcycle was actually finding the right parts, finding the cool parts that I wanted for that bike. Um, at that time, eBay and Amazon and those kind of places were still not what they are today. So, you know, you had to go here, you had to go there. The Internet, you know, was just beginning um, to have all these the parts availability. Uh, so after I got done building the bike, um, you know, I've been in IT all my life. That's kind of, that's kind of my background, to be honest, is, is IT. It's uh, sales and IT. I figured, you know what, you know, I can sell computer systems. I can sell data centers. Uh, I'm sure I can probably sell motorcycle parts. So what I started to do is I started to research the motorcycle parts industry um, at that time um, and did find that there was not a single place to go for all the parts like we have today in our 10,000-square-foot warehouse. Um, so, you know, we got a bunch of partners together and, and from there we created Dime City Cycles. Um, but I'll, I'll be honest, I mean, I think what really elevated us, uh, shortly after we began the company, uh, we were approached by Cafe Racer TV, which was a show that ran for five seasons on Discovery and an HD theater. Um, and when that show, when that show went live in 2010, um, I think it changed the face of the Cafe Racer and DIY garage movement as we know it today. Um, you know, I don't think that particular style of motorcycle, the Cafe Racer itself, wasn't very prominent in the United States back then. But the minute that show hit, um, I think day two, um, it just it blew up all over the place. And, and here we are today, almost ten years later, and you know we're still we're still going strong with the Cafe Racer movement in the United States. It's a great thing, great place, great time to be in the sport. Well, it sounds like basically you took up a, uh, a hobby, a passion, and made it a business then. It took a hobby and, and made it a business. Yeah. So so again, you know the. It was never meant to be a business. It was meant, you know, it was a hobby. It, we just, we were tinkering with motorcycles. Um, you know, we thought, let's try and give these folks, you know, a, a place to have a one-stop shop. We thought maybe we'd, we'd offer a couple of our, you know, um, some of the stuff that we made for some of these early bikes, rear sets, controls. Um, you know, we thought we'd build a little website and offer a couple parts, and, and it began to grow and grow and grow. Um, and as we you know, got more and more interest and, and more and more people called for this part or that part. Where can I get that? How do I make this? Um, we thought, you know, we figured, you know, we have something here. You know, there, there's a possibility to do something. Um, and we did. You know, we put the, the website together. At that time, I think we had about 500 parts listed. Um, and, and again, I think, you know, credit where credit is due, the TV show kind of propelled us in the sport. Um, so it helped tremendously to, to build Dime City Cycles and build the sport all together to where we are today. Where did the name originate, Dime City Cycles? It's kind of an interesting name. <laughs> uh, it originated on a napkin in a bar stool, to be honest. <laughs> uh, what, what we wanted to do is we, we wanted to have a name for the business um, that, that conjured a, an image of a destination. Um, you know, we didn't want to call it ABC Cycles or anything of that nature. We wanted a destination. Um, so we thought city. Uh, and Dime, the Dime City, you know, we, because of the parts that we were doing, we wanted to be inexpensive. We thought, you know, back the vintage stuff, the, the nickel and dime stores of, uh, of you know, the old. Um, it's just, it's a combination of things. Honestly, it was about a five-hour conversation that we had trying to think of a name at a bar one night. <clears throat> um, and somehow, some way, you know, this, this little, the, the little, uh, uh, the, the Mercury Dime, uh, or so it's called today, uh, from the 30s and, and the early 20s, um, it's called a Mercury Dime, but truly really what's on that dime, if you look at it today, it's Lady Liberty. Um, and, and she's wearing a helmet. Uh, with a wing on it. So it, it was dubbed the Mercury Dime, the God of Speed. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, 
you know, we picked that up from there. And this is kind of where our logo came from. Our logo is, is a flying piston today. Uh, rather than using the helmet with the wing, we decided to use a piston with the wing. We kind of derived that from there. So uh, the, the Mercury Dime is, is, is prominent throughout our, our business today. It's on our website. It's on a lot of our newsletters, our Facebook. Um, it's tattooed on a lot of people these days, actually. It's kind of cool. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was just, it was just uh, you know, uh, me and, and Jason Michaels, who founded the business with me, you know, sitting around one day trying to figure this out. And that's what we came up with, and you know, kind of worked out pretty good. Wow! Now, you which bikes? And I notice when I walk in there, and you get this really cool museum across the street, which is really neat. And um, a lot of the bikes are Japanese. A lot of them are Hondas. So, do you specialize in Hondas? Because Cafe Racer could really be any bike of the period or retro styled. Let's just say pre seventy five or something like that, right? Would that be a fair statement? Right. So so the Cafe Racer, I mean, obviously that began on the streets of London, England, um, in the early fifties and, and that was mainly your English bikes, your triumphs, your Nortons, your BSAs and that type of thing. Um today it can be any bike and, and it is a style. Um the Cafe Racer you know, what makes up a Cafe Racer back in those days essentially was the kids stripping, you know, as many parts as they could off the bike to make it go fast. Um and then they would you know, the story goes they would race from cafe to cafe after stripping parts off and see who'd get around the cafes quicker. They became known as a cafe racer. Um, today, the genres, you know, that they, they, they expand. You know, you're, you're, we build, we started building the Hondas because that's what I've had all my life, pretty much. Um, I think I've had a Suzuki or Yamaha here and there, but for the most part, um, growing up, I've had, you know, a bunch of Nighthawks and Shadows and rebels and that kind of stuff in my early childhood and and then growing up a lot of cbrs and that kind of thing so i was always familiar with the hondas and, and that's what i started with and that's what we started with as, as the company um but today we like i said we cater to to the, the four japanese um we do supply oe parts for the four japanese we supply a lot of custom parts for those we also dabble a little bit in the modern classic triumphs um you know from from 03 uh, to about 16 um a lot of custom parts for that as well so yeah, just, you know, at the end of the day, just about any platform um, can be transformed to a cafe racer or a bobber. Uh, street trackers are very popular today as well. Uh, and we supply all those parts. So a lot of our parts are, are custom. They are not bolt-on. Uh, we, we do provide some bolt-on parts, which, you know, your controls and that kind of stuff. But for the most part, the parts that we supply, the tanks, the seats, the fairings, those kind of things, uh, we classify those as universal. And, and they do take a little bit of work um, to get installed on the various motorcycles that are out there. Uh, you know, people always call, hey, can I use this tank? Can I put this tank on my bike? You know, and we always tell them, yeah, absolutely. It's just a matter of how much time and patience and creativity that you have. You can mount a tank on a refrigerator if you'd like. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, again, it's, it's a matter of creativity. Now, the bikes that you build, also, you use those bikes in competition. So tell us a little bit about the comp- the, the competition side of, of Dime City. Well, the bikes that we build, we've we built them primarily uh, for the TV shows back in the early days. So we continue to build motorcycles for marketing purposes so we can showcase parts that we have. And this is what you see across the street in the main shop. Um, you know, we do take them around the circuit. We don't enter too many of them in shows. Um, we leave our customers, let them enter the shows. But from a competition standpoint, we've partnered um, with ARMA quite a bit now, which is the American Historic Racing Association. Um, and, and those guys race all across the United States. It, it is vintage racing. Um, they're, they're, they have, oh man, uh, I'm not even sure how many, how many different classes there are these days, but there is quite a few and it's relatively inexpensive to get into. Um, and it's a very fun sport. It, it, it's a tight knit community out there with the armor guys. Um, so we sponsor a couple of racers. Um, they live out of our shop pretty much. Um, and then uh, we've re- recently, um, a lot of people in, in, in the St. Pete Tampa Bay area have now 
also gotten into the armor racing. So we're supporting those guys. Um, they come in. We do open house the first Saturday of the month. Um, they come in. They talk to some of our racers. They get some, some feedback, some tips, um, and they're joining the series. Uh, I myself um, have been uh, pushed to build a, a, an armor racer. So uh, not, being, not being a race guy, I decided to start in the uh, production lightweight. Uh, and what that is, that's for your novice racer. So, so that particular um, classification, essentially, it, it is a production motorcycle. So in this case, it's, uh, I'm building a CB3, uh, CB350-72. Um, the specifications of the motorcycle are pretty much factory. So you can't change too much on the bike. You can't do too much to the motor. Um, you can put Clubman's on the bike. You can put rear sets on the bike, race tires. Um, that kind of stuff. But for the most part, it has to appear uh, factory, um, you know, but you can do a couple of things to it. And, and it's, like I said, it's a production lightweight. Um, it's a pretty big class now. It's very popular. We sponsor that class as well. So I'm going to make my debut up at uh, New Jersey Motorsports Park in July. Um, that'll be my first race up there on this bike. Wow. Super. So we'll see how that goes. So now if people want to find out a little bit more about this and get involved in this, how do they go about doing it? Well, so, so you can hit the Armor website, or we can go to DimeCityCycles.com, and we do have an Armor page dedicated to this with a lot of links and information and that kind of stuff as well. Um, and, you know, from there, you can call you can call us or you can call Armor. I mean, we, we've, we've got, you know, pretty much direct connections to those guys. Super. And now here, I mentioned earlier that on the 20th of this month, uh, riding in the history takes place. And I believe you yourself may or may not be there, but you're going to have a couple bikes on display there, correct? Yeah, so Riding in the History, it's a great event here in, in Florida. Uh, we love it. It's up in St. Augustine at the World of Golf Village. Um, it's, a, it's a great venue. It's a beautiful area up there. We've been doing it now for the past four or five years. Um, we do participate every year. We love the show. Uh, we go up there. We pop up a couple tents. We bring some merch, um, some hats, some shirts, some giveaways, and that kind of stuff. Um, but it's all about the motorcycles there. I mean, this is one of the few, of the few events in the state of Florida um, that is really dedicated to the historic, uh, uh, these historic motorcycles. Uh, this year that we're focusing on the Japanese, um, so you'll see a lot of beautiful motorcycles out there now. It's not just Japanese. Um, I forget how many they had last year. They're close to a thousand motorcycles or so. But um, you know, you'll see 1913 Harleys out there. You'll see you'll see bikes that you've probably never seen before coming from all over the world. It, it, it's a very very large venue. Um, it's a great Saturday afternoon, um, and uh, you know I, I encourage you if you're anywhere in the neighborhood, please stop by and check it out. You will not be sorry you went to this place. Super. Well, Herb, I want to thank you very much for taking a few minutes and hanging out with us here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. One more time, go ahead and plug Dime City and how people can find out if they want to get involved in uh, in vintage motorcycles, specifically yeah, cafe so racers. So just head over to DimeCityCycles.com, and there's a lot of information there. And, you know, we, we do have a, a staff that takes phone calls and emails, so just shoot us an email, pick up the phone, give us a call, and we're happy to help you out. Super. And then once a month you have the open house? Once a month, we have open house for a Saturday of every month. That's correct. We actually haven't had it in a couple, the last couple of months. We've been doing some remodeling and that kind of stuff, um, but we're ready to do it again uh, this coming month, which will be in June. Okay. Well, very good. Herb, thank you very much, and uh, we'll see you here in the next couple of days, and certainly uh, we'll see some of the future Vintage uh, Motorcycle events. Well, thank you for having me. Have a great evening. Okay. Thank you. All right. Take care. Guys, you need to check this stuff out because one thing about these vintage motorcycles is anybody can ride them. If you can ride a bicycle, you can ride a vintage motorcycle. And our good friends over there at Dime City and Herm and his whole team, Scotty is one of the guys that he was talking about earlier that's got some really wicked vintage bikes. And he races, you know, some of these bikes are only 100 cc's. Some of them are all the way up to 750 cc's. But you know what? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to ride these bikes. All you have to have is just a little good balance and uh, at work. So uh, I want to thank uh 
Herm, for coming on. And uh, again, that's Dime City Cycles. Now, a couple things I wanted to say, too. Big shout out to our friends over at Emily Oil because with a little bit of luck, we might have them as one of our future sponsors. And then a big shout out to our sister affiliate station up in Lake County, WQBQ 1410, mm-hmm. the voice of Lake County. Right, Bobby? Mm-hmm. And a big shout out to all yep. our friends up there at. The villages, you know, because they're can, probably listening to who our can show. Hear. Who can hear? Who can hear us yeah, in Central there. Florida? In Central there. Florida, yeah. So I think we pretty much covered everything. And if you want to find out about some of the other car shows that are going on, don't forget to check out floridacarshows.com. Now, and Bobby, we, Astro Performance Warehouse is located at 601 East Alfred Street in Tavares, Florida. Yes. Now, let me tell you about Astro. Now, the, yesterday we had, uh, Bobby and I took a little uh, excursion, if you will, up to uh, Lake County to Tavares. Tavares, Tavares, Tavares. Mm-hmm. I said Tavares. Tavares. Okay, very good. Anyway, and uh, the gentleman up potato, there. Potato, potato. Potato, potato. Tomato, okay. tomato Tavares. Um, Tony up there has a company up there that he's uh, pretty much started with his dad and his grandfather, I guess, and it's called Astro Transmission, but it, it morphed into Astro Performance. And Astro Performance, what they specialize in, that's a good thing because we're Ford guys, is Ford five-speed, six-speed transmission. So if you want a really trick, a really trick, five-speed or six-speed transmission, Give the guys up there at uh, Astro Performance a call. Say hi to Tony. Tell them uh, you heard it mentioned here on Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Yep. And you may get a discount of some kind. So uh, we're going to be doing uh, some work with those guys here in the future. And uh, naturally, all my cars are stick shift. So I might have to build me a killer six-speed for something I'm working on down the road. So a big shout-out to the guys up at Astro Performance. That's right, because their order hotline is 866-253-0019. That's right. If you want to have... Something shipped to your door right away. Okay, so I think we're going to take a break here in a second. We're going to do a little uh, a little music. We've got another little clip coming up. And we're going to have somebody else coming on here that will talk to us a little bit more about writing into history. And again, a big shout-out to Dime City.
This is Bruce Brown. A few years ago, we made a film on surfing called The Endless Summer. We've made a new film about another great sport, motorcycling. You'll see some familiar faces and meet some new ones, like Malcolm Smith, the king of the Sunday riders, and Mert Lowell, a professional racer whose world is fast and sometimes violent. Whether it's the spectacle of professional racing or the joy of a ride in the open country, we found the sport of motorcycling something very special. Hey, I'm Dave Despain from Wind Tunnel on Speed. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. So you heard me talk a little bit about uh, riding in the history. It's a big motorcycle event coming up on the 25th of this month. And uh, our special guest this evening is uh, past chairman. And you're a member of the board of directors for Riding in the History. So I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Marina Alley. How are you doing there, Marina? Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Great to talk to you. Super. Well, thank you for taking some time out and coming on the show. Tell us a little bit about Riding in the History. Give us a little bit of background on it, and uh, tell us about yourself and... Uh, what uh, our listeners can expect to uh, experience when they get up there to uh, St. Augustine. Okay, Writing in History has been in, uh, around since 2000. Um, this is our 18th annual Writing in History, and we normally have 300-plus antique vintage and classic motorcycles at our event. Um, it is at the World Golf Village in St. Augustine, which is surrounding a lake. And so it's a whole circle. And I don't know about any other shows that you've been to, whether it's a concourse car show or a bike show. It's always all hard to see every show. At Riding into History, you're not going to miss a thing because it is around a circle, and you will see every motorcycle that you can imagine. And uh, we're really proud of our event. Uh, we've been doing this for 18 years. Uh, we are a totally volunteer-run event. Um, and it has been, we've given almost $500,000 to charity. Wow. So ask me a question. I will, I will. Now, the event is generally, what, two days? It's usually like Friday. Well, th- people start showing up on Thursday. Friday, you have like a little meet and greet, and then you actually have a ride. So tell us about that. And then there's always a grand marshal or a special guest of honor there. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So, um, actually, the Friday, we have an invitation ride for um, motorcycles that are entered into the Concours. It is the Grand Marshall Vintage Ride. So it has to be a motorcycle that is 1990 or older, and it has to be a motorcycle that has been accepted into the, into the Concours. And we limit it to 50. And then we have a Grand Marshall ride to Corky Bells in Palatka. And it's on the river, on the St. John's River, and it's a wonderful ride because it's through the back roads and you get to ride with the Grand Marshal. This year, our Grand Marshal is actually a father and son team. It is Yvonne Duhamel and Miguel Duhamel. Yvonne and, du- and Miguel both rode, um, they rode different motorcycles, most of the time Japanese. Um, Yvonne 
was um, he's a French Canadian, um, and he was well known for riding and winning um, as the first French Canadian and at Talladega uh, with a Kawasaki. So that was very uh, that was in the 1970s, and then his he continued to race and become very uh, accomplished. And his sons then started racing with him. And Miguel was one of his sons, and Miguel started racing and became very successful and took over his number 17 um, plate for racing. And he raced lots of different bikes, but he was known for racing Hondas. And he, was, he, ran, he raced five Daytona 200 and won five. Well, he raced more than five 200, Daytona 200s, but he won five of them. Um, and he was accomplished in other races. They raced uh, the Bull d'Or in the 24-hour in France uh, as a family. Uh, so it's sort of neat to have a father and son Grand Marshal team. We've never had that, and, and they're both very accomplished, and, and both of them are AMA Hall of Famers. Excellent, excellent. Now, the rides, how long does the ride last? Is that like an all-afternoon event? The ride is a 44-mile ride to the restaurant and actually right now i will tell you it is sold out okay. um, so unfortunately no, no one can sign up for it um but it is 44 mile ride through the back roads of um st augustine to placa and um it is it's just a lovely ride through the canopies of old florida roads interesting how many people can sign up for that how many people can register to ride along it with is the... limited to 50 that ride is okay. now we do have a charity ride on Saturday, May 20th, which is our Concord Day, um, and anyone can sign up for that, and that is located in Jacksonville, Florida, and it is coming out of the Adamac Harley-Davidson in Bay Meadows. Um, and all that information is on our website at ridingintohistory.org. Okay. Now, what time does the event start, the Concours? What time does it start on, on Saturday? The Concours starts on Saturday, May 20th, at 10 a.m., entrance to the concourse for spectators is $10. I will tell you, we will still accept a few motorcycles into the concourse. Um, they, they may try to register, and, and we will still continue to accept. They have to be 1990 or older. Um, concourse sort of bikes, but, but, you know, something that maybe you rode when you were 16 and and someone wants to see. So you have something like that. Uh, people love coming through and looking at the show and saying, oh, my gosh, I had that when I was 16. I wish I had it again. Um, so we are still taking um, Concord registrants for the event, and that is, again, at ridingintohistory.org. And entry for the um, Concord event is free. Um, we charge our spectators $10 to come to the event, which is a very reasonable charge, and it's um, children are free, 12 and under. Um, we don't charge our entrance because our entrance make our show. We wouldn't have a show without our entrance. So we give them a goodie bag. They get, uh, you know, we, we treat them well because if we didn't have them, we wouldn't have a show. Let me ask you a question. Okay, so what are the categories? So, for example, you mentioned... You know, this being a concourse, most people think that these these bikes are perfectly restored. But I can tell you that, and I've been there many times, you have a lot of bikes that are basically in survivor condition. So you have a class for correct. survivor bikes as well, correct? 
Yes, absolutely. We have like a preservation uh, class. Um, It's sort of broken down. First of all, we have this year, every year we, we feature a mark. So this year our featured mark is Japanese. But that doesn't mean you will not see other motorcycles. So we have Japanese. We have European. We have British. We have American. We have competition. We have specials. Um, in those categories, they're all broken down by years, year, or uh, this year we've had to change Japanese as such a big class into maybe the two-stroke, four, two-stroke or three-plus cylinders. Um, and what what it is 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 it's not judged by how beautiful your bike is, but mainly what has been saved in it, what's been preserved in it okay so we have a lot of i ride every day bikes that have just kept their bikes up and they've saved it and they've kept it up and and that's that's part of the history you know um most of the people who come to our show ride their motorcycles and and that's that's the important part we're riding into history um so the concord can be a you know something to scare you to say oh I can't be there, but you may very well be very qualified to come to our event. The uh, bikes that actually show now, I know in some concourse, let's say automotive, you know, they'll the the cars have to run and drive, yeah. turn signals, radios, clock has to work, and so on. So now with the uh, with the um, motorcycles, do they all have to be running, driving motorcycles on display to participate in the concourse? No. Um, we'd like them to be, but we don't have the same sort of award ability okay. as the Concorde does. You know, with a con- with like well, car Concorde. So a car Concorde usually they ride the vehicle up to the award. Mm-hmm. We don't have that ability just because of the site we're located on. Okay, but our site offers other things that are really beneficial. We love the bike to run. Most of, I mean, I would say 95% of the motorcycles that are at our event, 95 to 99% of our motorcycles run. Um, what is more important to us is that everybody gets judged and that everybody gets seen. And the, our venue allows that. Um, and the other thing that our venue allows is a lot of times on a concourse, I love all the beautiful concourse. I've been to quite a few of them, Hilton Head, Amelia, Boca, Raton. They're all wonderful concourse. But it, logistics for bringing your, say you have five bikes and you want to bring them. Logistically, you have to bring them, you have to offload them, put them off the trailer, and then you have to take that trailer off site. We don't have that. Your trailer stays on site. You can walk from your trailer to your motorcycle. And that's a real benefit for our concourse. And that is because of our venue. Interesting. Now, when you say the featured mark or bikes, this year is Japanese. So would I be correct in assuming, so it's a Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, Suzuki, any Japanese bike that was made, correct? Correct. Okay. And then as far as other bikes that are there, you'll find bikes from Europe, you'll find Triumphs, Norton's. We have European bikes, we have British bikes, we have American bikes, we have competition bikes, and then a class that's really become very popular is the specials class or maybe the cafe racer bobber class that some other people may recognize that name. Okay. Um, 
that has become the real popular class for the youth. And, and, you know, our interest is developing the youth interest. Okay. And getting the youth interest, that's the way they get in, is they buy the older Japanese motorcycle, usually, and they turn it into a bobber or a cafe racer because they can afford to buy that Japanese bike. And then there's that whole now new market of, you know, the cafe racer, bobber, and and uh, special sort of, you know, custom. it's not custom because you're not changing out the whole frame and changing out the whole thing. You're just sort of like taking something, say, from a British bike and putting it on a Japanese bike or something from a Japanese bike and putting it on a German bike, believe it or not. And that is, you know, that's the dynamic that we, we're really trying to encourage because the youth needs to get excited, and that's what gets them excited. Oh, yeah, and I'll tell you what, there's nothing like riding a motorcycle, uh, you know, and uh, just, you know, have the wind and the freedom and, the, you know, the movement. You know, I mean, it, it, cars are cool, but motorcycles, you just have this, uh, I don't know, there's a certain, certain, certain sense of freedom and mobility and, I don't know, uh, that you have with a motorcycle that you just don't have with any other motorized um, vehicle. So that's You have a whole different peripheral vision. Yes, exactly. Now, tell us about your yeah. background. You're, uh, you're a bike a girl, a bike girl. <laughs> so, I am a bike girl. Um, I'm, I'm, that is not really my place in life. I've become a bike girl. I mean, I rode bikes in, in when I was a teenager, and then I sort of went off and became a sailor. So I sailed and sailboat raced for years and years and years. And I met my husband. He had a sailboat, and um, he was into sailboats. So we did that for a long time. And he said, I want to get back into motorcycles. And so we got back into motorcycles. And, and actually how he did that was he said, I'm buying our daughter a dirt bike. And I said, Ellen, you don't think I know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I know what that means. So that was fine. And that was sort of how we started back into it. I have a CB, Honda CB350 that I'm restoring. I am very slow on the restoration because I'm a little busy doing some of this stuff um i have uh i'm I'm working on it i'm trying to get it it's the 1971 um but we ride my husband and i ride together and and we you know it's something we enjoy um it's it's a lifestyle um but the lifestyle is also the passion for the historical stuff and and making sure everybody gets access to it you know, we want to make sure that the access that, that doesn't get lost, that people don't forget, and, and that, you know, we all get to see these old motorcycles, whether they're the ones that you rode when you were 16 or the ones you tell your kids about or your grandkids about. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, and this is why I'm, I, well, of course, you know, I'm, I'm older, too, and I rode bikes when I was younger. In fact, I still have some of the bikes I had back in the 70s. But the thing that the motorcycles, to me, the vintage, they look like motorcycles. The bikes today are just so high-tech looking. They just don't, I think they lose something, you know, they don't, it just doesn't have a real motorcycle look to it. It looks like something a little too futuristic and stuff. And I think that when you first see a motorcycle, especially a vintage bike, and I'm not sure how young kids perceive it, but it's something that's more identifiable because you can actually see the bike. You see the wheels, you see the fenders, you see the spokes. You can see it's a seat. You can see it's a motor. You can see it's an exhaust. There's nothing's camouflaged there. You know, it's just. And you can work on it. And you can work on it. Oh, yes, most importantly. And you can put your hands on it. And you can take it apart. 
Yes. That's really important. Well, the other thing is... To be able to put your hands on it. Yes. And then the other thing that's amazing is the hobby is so big. There's so many many people out there that have parts and uh, the, you know, a mechanical ability and knowledge that uh, you're never short on being able to restore a bike or put a bike back to its original condition, condition or even modify it like we're talking about with cafe racers and stuff. So, Well, sometimes some of the original conditions on some of the bikes, it can be a little difficult to find that. If, it depends on how deep your pockets are. That's why the cafe racers and the specials and the bobbers are so much fun because we want to make sure that you say, hey, I want to do that. For example, you know, I know Ace Cafe is getting ready to open uh, Ace Cafe in Orlando, they're getting ready to open. And, and you know, that's like a whole generation of people that happened in the 60s that now is, is, is rehappening in the, you know, in the new millennium. So um, I, I just, I, I want to encourage all our youth and everybody. And I want to, you know, say, hey, you can put your hands on these bikes. I mean, you can touch them, play with them. You can make them what you want. You can find the things. You can even tell someone to make it exactly what you want. It's attainable. One more time, shout out the the website so people can find out about it real quick. Writingintohistory.org, May 20th, 2017, at the World Golf Village at St. Augustine, Florida. Please come and see us. You'll have a great time. It's an awesome event. All right. Well, thank you very much, Marina. We're up against the clock. I want to thank you very much for tuning in this evening. My special guests, Herm from uh, Dime City and Marina from Writing in History. In the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. I don't mean to be telling tales out of school, but there's a feller in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. It broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater. FM 106.1. WCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills. FM 104.3. Listen. Listen.